Hello and welcome to the Lemon Tree Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Allison Sukameli. Each week I'll be taking the science of positive psychology, adding a little humor, and through evidence-based research, provide you with tools and strategies to help you live a life of peace and purpose. In this episode, we'll be talking about when gratitude is tough. But first, check out the Flourishing Co.'s Joy Journal, which may help you shift your outlook on your day for the better. It contains short journal prompts for both morning and night. You can express gratitude, self-love, and set clear goals to focus on and feel proud of accomplishing daily, which has been proven to have a meaningful impact on mental well-being. This journal is also a great gift for those who want to focus on personal growth or a meaningful gift for yourself. And you can find it at the shop at theflourishingco.com slash shop. The author of the Flourishing Co.'s Joy Journal, Angela Reiner, was my guest on episode number 30. If you would like to hear directly from her about the inspiration behind the Flourishing Co.'s Joy Journal. So take a listen if you missed it. And teachers, looking for free resources and lesson plans? Check out The Lemon Tree by AKS on TPT, formerly known as Teachers Pay Teachers. I'm constantly adding new resources and lessons each week, several of which I mention on the podcast. For instance, the state challenge, as seen on one of the Thanksgiving episodes of Friends, and other free activities are now available, as well as some other resources to help keep you balanced, organized, and practicing mindfulness. And from November 20th through the 23rd, I am running a Thanksgiving sale where all priced items will be 20% off. No code needed. The entire shop will automatically be 20% off in addition to several free items. So again, check it out on teacherspayteachers.com. My shop name is The Lemon Tree by AKS. And you can also find a link in the show notes. And finally, if you'd like some daily inspiration, you can follow me on Instagram at The Lemon Tree Coaching. I post quotes and make book recommendations from time to time, so take a look and see if it's for you. Okay, let's get into this week's episode. Welcome back to TLT. In the intro, I mentioned my Instagram at The Lemon Tree Coaching, where I post quotes that have inspired me from my readings and elsewhere. That can sound pretty corny, but I ran across my why so eloquently stated this morning from one of my readings. Amelia Boone says, The beauty of quotes is that they can speak to you outside of the original context at different times in your life. And this statement really resonates with me, and I've always kept journals with quotes or annotated and highlighted my books, but Amelia really nailed it here for me when it comes to my why for posting on social media, which isn't really my thing as an INFJ, but is compelling when I come across a meaningful quote that has the potential to spark something in someone else. So just a quick note to my why when it comes to posting quotes. And of course, merely reading a quote and taking it in doesn't really do anything unless you put it into action, which isn't always easy. And tomorrow is Thanksgiving, or perhaps by the time you're listening to this episode, it is Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving, and having gratitude is sometimes difficult. And as you know, I'm not going to shoot you some toxic positivity, but rather be real about these things. So nobody the elf here, but there is this expectation of gratitude this week that just doesn't always work. 
And in positive psychology, gratitude gets defined by Lopez Pedrati and Snyder as being thankful for and appreciating the actions of another. Gratitude emerges upon recognizing that one has received a positive outcome from another person who behaved in a manner that was costly to him or her, valuable to the recipient, and intentionally rendered. And according to Emmons, McAuliffe, and Sang, the term gratitude is derived from the Latin concept of gratia, or gratia, it's spelled G-R-A-T-I-A, which entails some variant of grace, gratefulness, and graciousness. Simply put, when we practice gratitude, we are tapping into an ability to appreciate and savor common daily events and experiences. However, while there's tons of research on the benefits of gratitude, some people have a difficult time accessing feelings of gratitude. If you are one of those people, do not fear you are not alone. But there is good news. Dr. Summer Allen, Research and Writing Fellow with the Greater Good Science Center, says there is hope if you have trouble with gratitude. We all have varying degrees when it comes to our grateful dispositions, which is why some of us are challenged when it comes to gratitude, and that's okay. And even the research on gratitude suggests that such differences may be due to our individual brains, genes, and personalities. And for the personality piece, to learn more about yourself, visit 16personalities.com. And Ellen discusses in her article, Why is Gratitude So Hard for Some People?, that genetics may in fact explain why people have a harder time with gratitude. There was even an identical twin study done by Michael Steger, S-T-E-G-E-R, and colleagues that found identical twins who essentially have the same DNA had more similar self-report levels of gratitude than did fraternal twins who share only 50% of their DNA. And these findings suggest that there may be a genetic component to gratitude. There are several other studies that you can read about in Alan's article that support this notion. And another important factor when it comes to gratitude is negativity bias. Research has consistently shown that the brains of people who are less grateful tend to show a greater negativity bias, which is defined by the very well mind as our tendency not only to register negative stimuli or events more readily, but also to dwell on these events. And I'm sure I've mentioned negativity bias several times on this podcast, but to take a deeper dive, check out the article, What is the Negativity Bias? by Kendra Cherry from The Very Well Mind, which is another great resource for understanding psychological concepts. And after going through all this research on gratitude, it is important to note, as we always say in positive psychology, that nothing is a one-size-fits-all. So there are many things that we need to take into consideration when it comes to measuring gratitude because we are all individuals with different genes, and I'm not talking Levi's or Jordash. Some of you are probably too young to get that cheesy joke, but genes, as in G-E-N-E-S, And we can't predict how someone on any given day will act or behave in a given situation, not to mention their prior life experiences. So the genes and the brain stuff isn't the end-all be-all when it comes to gratitude. Our personalities yield a great influence as well and can steal our gratitude if coupled with things like cynicism, materialism, narcissism, or other isms, or even envy. 
And jumping into the classroom for a minute, when I teach Shakespeare's Othello, one of our discussions centers around jealousy versus envy. And even though most people consider jealousy and envy to be synonymous or mean the same thing, they do not. So to quickly clarify, envy is the painful feeling of wanting what someone else has, like attributes, possessions, or advantages. And if you're jealous, you feel threatened, protective, or fearful of losing one's position or situation to someone else and often involves resentment towards another person. And Catherine Chan best explains the difference between envy and jealousy as envy is a desire for something another person has, while jealousy is a feeling tied to fear of losing something that you have. And understanding the difference in their meanings may help you better identify and understand your emotions and communicate them to your loved ones if needed. And psychologists do agree that envy and jealousy are distinct emotions. This usually involves making comparisons, and as usual, I'm going to bring it back to Dr. Brene Brown's book, Atlas of the Heart, in which she discusses in one section that jealousy and envy are places we go when we compare. She says that comparison is not an emotion, but it drives all sorts of big feelings that can affect our relationships and our self-worth. So keep that in mind at the Thanksgiving dinner table this year and throughout the holidays. Such social comparisons often fall outside of our awareness, and we usually don't know that we're even doing it. And I discuss social comparisons in episode number five, along with self-love, imposter syndrome, self-compassion, and narcissism, if you want to take a deeper dive or listen to the episode again, which doesn't hurt to review the information. That's my personal driving force behind doing the podcast to constantly remind myself of all these things that I want to continuously incorporate into my life, especially when you find yourself in toxic work environments or discover that people who you thought were friends actually aren't rooting for you. Those are hard things to cope with on the daily as well as unravel and let go of if you even can. There's a lot of loaded thoughts there. But back to Dr. Brown's work, she has a great definition of comparison that states comparison is the crush of conformity from one side and competition from the other. It's trying to simultaneously fit in and stand out. Comparison says, be like everyone else, but better. Again, I don't want to stray too far off the path of gratitude here, but Brown says the comparison mandate becomes this crushing paradox of fit in and stand out. She, of course, explores this in much greater depth in Atlas of the Heart. And Brown also notes that when it comes to envy and jealousy, that she, like many of us, have been using the two words interchangeably and wrong. And I often have to review what is what because it can be a bit confusing, especially in the moment when you are trying to identify the proper emotion that you are experiencing. So that's a fun or not so fun little exercise that you can try on yourself. One, notice the emotion, and two, correctly identify if it's jealousy or envy. And again, envy occurs when we want something that another person has, whereas jealousy is when we fear losing a relationship or a valued part of a relationship that we already have. 
And Brown further explains envy as typically involving two people and occurring when one lacks something enjoyed by another, while jealousy typically involves three people and occurs when one fears losing someone to another person. Envy and jealousy result from different situations, generate distance appraisals, and produce distinctive emotional experiences. And now that we have those distinctions and have become more aware of obstacles when it comes to gratitude, what can we do if we're just not feeling the gratitude? The usual responses we hear to build gratitude usually revolve around gratitude journaling and gratitude letters, which are great but don't work for everyone. And I've shared that I've used or are currently using the Flourishing Co's Joy Journal, the 5-Minute Journal, and Find Your Own Magic created by Elizabeth Ermenkova. These work great for me when I have the time to do them, but we all have busy lives, whether it's work, kids, family, or all of the above, and then some, so we may not be able to do gratitude journaling on the daily, which is fine. And even the author of the Flourishing Co's Joy Journal, Angela Reiner, who I interviewed in episode number 30, says she doesn't have time to do the journal that she created and wrote on the daily because she's raising a toddler and doing all the stuff of daily life, and that's okay too. And when it comes to gratitude letters, I've done them time and time again. I've written the letter and burned the letter so the thoughts can go out into the universe or tied it to a balloon. There's all sorts of things and practices that each leader, coach, or friend has when it comes to gratitude letters. But how do those feelings of gratitude last? And I've heard from many clients and friends who have done gratitude journaling that it just doesn't work for them and that's fine. Again, not every positive psychology strategy will be a fit, nor can we do all of them. So sample the strategies, the activities, and see what works for you, and do that one thing or two things, but not all the things. And I'm really inconsistent when it comes to my own gratitude journaling, but one thing that I did do was set up different journals in different rooms. That way, when I stumbled across one of the journals, and if the spirit moves me, it is easy to sit down and take a few minutes to jot down a couple things or do the exercise. Make sure you have a pen with the journal if you want to try to start journaling this way. Otherwise, there's just too much thinking about carving out the time to journal and it can feel like a task rather than a reward or self-care. So some food for thought. But changing our brain or training our brain for gratitude can be done according to research. And one of the mental roadblocks people can experience when it comes to attempting to incorporate more gratitude in our lives is having impossible expectations for ourselves. Remember, social media tends to be a make-believe world where people are doing it all and having it all, when in reality this is rarely the case. People are editing their lives and portraying them in a way that does promote comparisons, envy, and jealousy. So proceed with caution, and when these feelings are evoked by people you follow, let them go and stop following them. Sometimes there is also fear to feel our feelings, so we stuff them down. Gratitude for some can be too touchy-feely, but we also need to feel our stuff, process it, and find a way to move forward, whether that's something we can accomplish on our own or with professional guidance. And in the end, avoiding our true emotions merely sets us up for future setbacks, which will often present themselves at unexpected and inconvenient times. So why not free yourself now? 
Of course, it may be uncomfortable and take some work, but the benefits that you will reap in the future will be rewarding and positively impact you for the rest of your life. The right people will be drawn to you and stay with you, the real, fully authentic you. Not the you you keep suppressed and in hiding, but accomplishing this will take regular focus and full attention without excuses or justification. Again, gratitude doesn't come easy, especially this time of year. Perhaps you are dreading seeing your family because you've just ended a marriage or a relationship. Maybe you've lost your job, you're grieving a loss, having financial struggles, or mental health or physical challenges. Whatever the case may be, when we feel alone, anxious, or disconnected to life for any number of reasons, it's hard to be grateful. Currently, the world seems to be a very unstable and unpredictable place, and that causes additional stress and worry on top of the daily basic life concerns. But gratitude can and does shift our focus from the negative to the positive and teaches us to be on the lookout for the good even during difficult times. And if you missed the previous episode on joy jars or gratitude jars, which can be a Thanksgiving activity for yourself or family and how to use them, you may want to check it out, especially if you are looking for ways to express gratitude in the classroom or at home. It's also important to note that practicing gratitude is not the same as toxic positivity. When we practice gratitude, we are not ignoring our problems. In fact, it is important to recognize what is going wrong in order to appreciate and notice what is working well in our lives. It can even be the little things. I've already mentioned the character Buddy from the holiday movie Elf. We cannot be happy all the time and never experience any problems in our day-to-day lives. It's just impossible. We do not have to wait for everything in our lives to be perfect to start practicing gratitude in whatever capacity works best for us. This would be an example of all or none thinking, which is maladaptive or bad for us. It's important to balance the good and bad in your life, to hold the positives and negatives simultaneously, and realize that they can and do exist in your life at the same time. And if you take a moment to pause and walk around in your life, so to speak, you will most likely notice that it's not all good or all bad, but coexisting, and it's your job to find the harmony within that, to find the balance, and if it's not already there, create it for yourself in a way that works for you and not merely to please family or friends. This is where boundaries and resilience come in. A simple exercise would be to reflect on a past difficult situation and think about how you overcame whatever it was and what personal growth came from that challenge. This is another way to not only build resilience, but practice gratitude. What are you grateful now that that situation has changed? What lessons did you learn from that situation? How are you a better person now that you've gone through that situation? There's a number of questions that you can ask yourself about that situation, which will cultivate gratitude. And if this is too much at this time to think about or too soon, you can keep it simple by using a basic gratitude sentence frame in which you fill in the blank with simple everyday things or small pleasures. Really pause and think about the things that we often take for granted that other people may not have this time of year, like food, shelter, or loved ones, even if they irritate you from time to time. So for example, you can simply say, I am grateful for blank and fill in the blank. 
Other things to consider expressing gratitude for could be someone or something that makes your life easier, a specific person, maybe a family member, friend, or even someone you may not personally know, but they brighten your day, perhaps a comedian or an actor whose work really makes you laugh. You could also express gratitude for being out in nature, the birds, the sunlight, books, films, songs, a podcast, things that feel like home, happy memories, whether they are private moments or shared, things or people that make you feel safe in a healthy way, and just all the little things we take for granted. If you stop and think, there's usually plenty to be grateful for, even when we are going through difficult times or the world seems to be in disarray. If you still can't get there, you may consider reading some of Viktor Frankl's work. That ought to help. I'll let you do your own research there, but Essential Reading for Life includes Man's Search for Meaning and another one that is atop of my stack to be read that I just had delivered and haven't gotten to yet is called Yes to Life in Spite of Everything, also by Viktor Frankl. So keep it simple if you're struggling with gratitude. You can cultivate or develop gratitude with some practice. It is possible to feel the positive and negative at the same time and strike a balance between the two with a little work. And there are everyday things to be grateful for no matter how little they are. We are not the first people to experience hard times and struggle to find gratitude within those times, nor will we be the last. And again, a nod to Viktor Frankl and many others. Personal growth and resilience are at the core of hard times and a pathway to gratitude if we take the time to pause, reflect, and appreciate. And crisis can, in fact, make us more grateful. Okay, so there you have it. I hope everyone has or had a happy Thanksgiving filled with love, laughter, and gratitude. Recommended readings from this episode include Tribe of Mentors by Tim Ferriss, Positive Psychology, The Scientific and Practical Explorations of Human Strengths by Lopez Pajadi and Snyder, Why is Gratitude So Hard for Some People by Summer Allen, What is the Negativity Bias by Kendra Cherry, Othello by William Shakespeare, Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, and Yes to Life in Spite of Everything also by Viktor Frankl. And if you like my show, please follow or subscribe wherever you are listening so you don't miss an episode. And don't forget to leave a rating and a review. Much gratitude if you take a moment to do so. And if you are interested and would like to receive daily inspiration via social media, you can join the Lemon Tree Coaching community on Instagram at the Lemon Tree Coaching. I post meaningful quotes from weekly readings and recommend books from time to time. So check it out and see if it's for you. And teachers, you may also want to check out my TPT store called The Lemon Tree by AKS. There are some free lessons you can download or explore the shop for more. And from November 20th through the 23rd, I'm running a Thanksgiving sale where all priced items will be 20% off. No code needed. The entire shop will automatically be 20% off in addition to several free items. Again, my shop is The Lemon Tree by AKS on TeachersPayTeachers.com. And thank you for listening. This is Dr. Allison Sukamelli saying it's been a pleasure sharing the space with you. And until next time, have fun, be safe. <laughs>